with the man Taking it all on the chin Taking everything I can From my fellow man again Anybody, anywhere Tell me that you're feeling lonely Pandemic pandemonium Talking at the podium Finding faith in phobia I am not the only one in the dark Anybody have a light that you could loan me and welcome back to another edition of the show. And we've got a special guest joining us, Eric Scott Smith. And if you're in Los Angeles, how are you? Good. How you doing? Hey, I was just going to say, if uh, people in Los Angeles might know you as Schmeeze from the Heidi and Frank show on KLOS, top rated That's morning right. show. How's the show going these days uh, under quarantine and stuff? Good. We're coming up. Let's see. Uh, I have been with the show almost ooh, 13 years now. And it's doing really great. I mean, obviously, because of COVID, listening habits have changed with some of the audience. So uh, I think everybody in radio is sort of learning how to deal with the new world because we're pretty isolated in the studio. We miss human beings. A big part of radio is seeing the listeners and going to live events, and we're just not doing any of that. So I think we're all going a little bit crazy. Now, for people that might not know the story, Schmeeze, how did that come about? Uh, that was actually, uh, so it, let's rewind to where I became part of the show. I was a street performer back a long time ago when I was a professional actor. I worked on the streets of Santa Monica, Third Street Promenade. Uh, and for people who may not know, it's a... It's a promenade of stores, but there are a lot of street musicians. And actually, quite a few of them get discovered and get record deals. And it's it's kind of interesting how many stars have arisen from the promenade. So as a working actor, but when you work a lot as an actor, uh, it's basically just being a professional auditioner. So I had a lot of free time on my hands. So I would play on the streets of Third Street Promenade, play guitar, and... Uh, a guy came along and he tipped me a hundred dollars and I saw him put it in my guitar case and I ran after him. I said, sir, I can't, I can't take this. This is a hundred dollars. And he said, no, man, you inspire me. You're out here working your butt off. Uh, you know, I'm just proud of you. So keep it. I want you to have it. So I said, you know, can I get your information? I'll send you a CD or something. And, uh, so he gave me his info and turns out that was frosty from the frosty Heidi and Frank show. And we became quick friends. And for a couple of years, we were friends before I ever worked for the show. And finally, I came to work for the show because I knew a lot about audio because of my musician background. And I knew how to improv because of my acting background. So radio was a pretty easy fit for me. And I needed a radio name. And my rapper buddy used to call me E. Smeezy. And they thought that was the dumbest thing they had ever heard. And so in radio, you can never want your nickname. So they took part of that and gave me Smeeze. That's a great story. <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird Hollywood things that, I mean, just once in a lifetime, if, if he hadn't have tipped me or if I hadn't have chased him or if we wouldn't have, you know, emailed, then my life would be completely different now. I've, I've been weird to think about. Yeah, I've been involved with uh, educating the next uh, generation of broadcaster, and one of the things I've always told them is that you always want to be prepared 
for that moment when you get a chance to audition for your job, whether it be a dream job or your entry-level job or whatever. You want to be ready for it. And it sounds like in that case, you never know when that's going to come. Usually you think you get an audition or you get something more official and formal where you can go into the studio and audition for your gig. But here you're just out on the streets, and that turns into now what you've been doing for the last 13 years on the Heidi and Frank Show. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, in my mentality out there, which is, you know, good advice for anybody, is any show, any performance of any sort, if you're a creative person, you've got to treat everyone like the scout is in the audience. And that's, that's I mean, why he said I inspired him, because I sat there and gave it my all every single time I was out there on the streets. And even if nobody was watching, I was singing my heart out, because I was learning while people walk by, because they're shopping. They're not there to see a live performance. I was learning what would turn heads, and I would go, okay, that song doesn't really get anybody to stop, but this song, every single time I play it, people stop and buy a CD. So I would learn what worked and what didn't, and I would sit there and play like I was on stage in front of thousands of people. So, yeah, it's great advice. Now, you mentioned acting, and so if you take that into the acting world, how did that work out as far as learning and understanding what worked in this role and how to make this role a better role so that the producers and directors could get more out of you? Well, it's really interesting because I've been, I've been acting since I was six years old. Uh, I did my first play when I was six with my mom. I had one line and then after that I got the bug and I was hooked and I did something like 16 community and professional plays before I was 16 years old. So, I mean, it never ended for me. I was constantly in a play, always acting, but I was always trying to learn from the older people and they took their time to, you know, teach me uh, everything that they could in community theater. And on the side, when I turned 16, I picked up a guitar for the first time and started playing in bands. And what's really interesting about both of those things is it gave me the mentality that it's not about me. Because when you play in a band, if you take if you take the bass out, then it sounds stupid by itself. The bassist is part of a an ensemble. And when I'm acting, I sort of apply that same philosophy to the cast, that I'm just part of a larger picture. It's not about me. I'm not a star. I'm not the lead. I'm just somebody who is throwing an ingredient in the soup and we're all making the soup. And without each individual person, there's, there's no soup. So it was as I learned from the actors in my youth and then learned from the musicians in my teenage years, I sort of started to apply all that when I came to Hollywood and directors and, and producers really respected that mentality because you know you get a lot of people out here that they were the hot one in their high school or they were the most talented one in their high school and they their dreams get squashed because they think it's all about them but when you go into every situation saying what's my spice for the soup then uh then little victories mean a lot more eric scott smith Eric Scott Smith with us, and uh, he's an accomplished actor, musician. He's Schmeez on the Heidi and Frank Show on KLOS, the top-rated morning show here in Los Angeles. Now, I've noticed that you've been in both TV and movies. A Walk to Remember is a movie that uh, comes to mind that you were in. 
but also in things like CSI, CSI Miami, I guess all of the CSI uh, series pretty much with CSI New York in there as well. Is there a difference between being in a movie and how you approach a television show? Well, what's interesting is now those two worlds are getting so blended. Um, back when I did CSI, it was a very different experience because TV shoots on different mediums. They don't have to check film gates and all that stuff. It doesn't take nearly as much time. They shoot digitally. They know when they get the shot and they move along because they've got a lot of pages to shoot in one day. I mean, the first time I did a show compared to a movie, it blew my mind because I go, what? You got it? I just did it one time. And they're like, nope, we got it. Move along. But uh, yeah, film, you get to take more time. They're shooting on film in most respects, so there's a lot more money that goes into it. So there's a lot more craft taken to uh, because each each frame of film is much more valuable. So it takes a lot longer to set up each shot, a lot longer to set up the lighting, and then when they shoot, there's value there. But nowadays, it's like everybody's shooting digitally, everybody's shooting quick and dirty. I think that that uh, because of the rise of streaming services and uh, especially right now in COVID, I mean, people are making things on such limited budgets in such limited conditions and still putting out really cool content that I think we're going to see that shooting a film and shooting a TV show are not so different in the very, very near future, if different at all. Now, you mentioned uh, new projects coming out. You have a new movie coming out, Everyday Miracles. It's a faith-based movie, and uh, I saw the trailer for it, and it looks really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and your role in it? Sure. Um, Marty, the director, actually knew me from the show. He was a listener of the show, and uh, he wanted to see me audition for the role because he he knew uh, the films I'd been in. He had researched me in the past just because he was a listener, and uh, I went in and auditioned with everybody else. I don't think any of the other producers or anybody had any idea that I was uh, on a radio show in Los Angeles. And I did the work. I uh, auditioned several times, actually. And they hired me for the role. And if if you uh, haven't told your audience, the movie is sort of a running-from-your-past film. Uh, it is a faith-based movie, but there's some dark elements my past, uh, my character Cotton is sort of a faith healer running away from his traveling church, trying to escape from some people who would like to take his gifts from him or exploit them at the very least. And he stumbles upon this family that has a hole in their heart as well because they've uh, lost a son. So it's an interesting dynamic between a broken family and a broken man and what everybody's searching for and whether or not they find it in each other is kind of the journey. That's one of the things I think I liked about it was the fact that it wasn't just a traditional faith-based movie. It wasn't a traditional type of movie that you would see. There was some things in there that people watching, if you didn't know it was that, you just think it was just another movie because the elements there are so real and so raw, and a lot of people can relate to that because I'm sure there's a lot of us, especially over the last few months, that have had the chance to just kind of sit and reflect upon life are running from some things, and there's some things that we need to address in our own life, and I think there's going to be a lot of people that can relate to your character in this film. And I think that 
on the heels of that, this film may give some people the confidence to, to close the door on things that are not building them up. Because my character, uh, like I said, it, it, they show glimpses of what his life was like. And you understand why he ran away. And sometimes the people that should be supporting us the most are the ones that hurt us the deepest. And in his case, he has to make a conscious decision to try to put those people and those things in the past. And that's really hard for people to do, especially when it's somebody who's supposed to be really special and important to you, and they're the ones causing the most damage in your life. I think this will uh, inspire people to realize that family is not always who shares blood with you, but it's who chooses you and chooses to love you and chooses to build you up and accept you. That's what the entire moral of the, the movie is about. Now, it's coming out uh, September 1st, but um, when you look at your character, Cotton, and you, and you have to get into these roles... And a role like this, because we're all fleeing from something, perhaps, and we all have things that we have in our past that we have to deal with. Do these characters, do they start to, you know, affect you in real life and make you start to think? And Or how do you separate the fact that what you're playing is a role, even though how real it might be, versus your real life and how you go about in, you know, who you are as a person as Eric Scott Smith versus Cotton? Well, it's really interesting. You see guys like uh, Johnny Depp. And he almost speaks with a British accent. And I think he's from Kentucky. But it's because guys like him, they go so deep into their characters that every single one of them leaves a remnant. And when you play so many, at some point, you've got so many remnants rattling around in your head that you can't help but forget who you are. I've been on film sets uh, where I have come home and needed a full three or four weeks just to not talk to anybody to get back into playing my guitar and watching movies I like and eating at my favorite sushi place and just remembering who I am. Um, but what was so cool about this character is he's such a quiet guy. Um, Cotton doesn't speak a lot. So I had to really show people what Cotton was going through. But it was interesting because Cotton also doesn't like to show his emotions. So it was it was a battle, but I spent a lot of time in isolation thinking about this character and all the positive things that he brought to my life was really interesting because after I shot this movie, I actually sort of stepped out of acting. I mean, I focused um, on the radio show a little more and the inspiration from the character to choose a life that brings me joy was profound for me. And not that acting didn't bring me joy, but it's a, it's a lot of no's. I mean, you, it's 99 no's out of every one yes. And that was getting pretty difficult for me. And when I did this role, Cotton and I, in a way, had sort of a conversation. And I said, you know what? I, I want to double down on my family. I want to double down on the things that really matter in life. And I've played a huge variety of roles, and I'm proud of every single one of them. But I think it's time for me to focus on the role that matters most, and that's husband and father. And that's exactly what I did. Now, you uh, co-star along with Gary Cole 
who was in Veep and maybe Entourage. People might know him from those films, plus a bunch of other things. Uh, yourself, plus uh, Zoe Perry, who I believe is from Young Sheldon. And so yeah. it's kind of this, you know, cast of well-known people. And so that obviously uh, has an appeal to people because you go to a movie to watch the actors and actresses. But what was it like working with a cast that is, you know, has a rich history in acting? Oh, it was remarkable. I can't even tell you how amazing the experience was. I mean, Gary, for instance, he's known for everything. I mean, a lot of people know him from Office Space or from Talladega Nights, uh, as far as a comedic actor. But he's a very deep person. And what I love most about Gary is I've worked with a lot of different actors, huge A-listers, that uh, they, they, they knew they were A-listers when they were on camera or in a scene with you. And they knew you weren't an A-lister. And you felt the hierarchy during the shoot. Gary, there was none of that. I was just a spice, like I said, in the suit. And he looked at it the same way. He respected me. He would sit and do his coverage, uh, which is where they shoot over his shoulder. And he didn't get a stand-in for that. He stood there himself every single time and did the scene with me, backwards, forwards, left and right, and respected me like any other actor standing in front of him. And I really appreciated that. Uh, He was just such a humble, kind guy who would sit there and, we would hang out in his trailer and I just strum on the guitar and he'd tell me about his kids. I mean, it was just such a great experience. And Zoe is one of the funniest people I've ever met. I mean, when I think about shooting everyday miracles, all I think about is laughing with Zoe. I mean, we laugh the entire time. And, uh, I will always fondly remember just sitting in trailers or sitting, you know, off in some fields where the horses were, just cracking jokes while they set up a new shot. And we could have, you know, gone in to our separate corners, but we didn't. We decided to hang out and make each other laugh the entire time. It was fantastic. Did the uh, production for the filming, did it wrap before COVID shutdown? Did you guys get everything done, or did you have to do some stuff uh, kind of in the in the mix of the, the shutdown? Yeah, this the, the film actually shot a little while ago, so we were safe in that regard. But I can't even imagine what people who want to make movies right now or even going through. Yeah, so this is an opportunity for people to see a film that has been completed before any of the um, interesting things that you have to do to make movies during COVID. Um, where Now, it's it's on demand. It's going to be released on demand because obviously theaters are, and uh, things like that are still shut down. So where might right. uh, someone find, uh, again, September 1st is when it releases. When right. Where is it going out on demand? Well, there will be a DVD release. So maybe look for that at Walmart, but uh, I think the big pre-order right now is on Amazon Prime. And I think on Amazon you can pre-order the DVD as well. So Amazon's the best place to go, Amazon Prime, Amazon Video, it's all right there for people to see. Yeah, just uh, go to Amazon and search for Everyday Miracle Movie, and uh, all the different options will pop up for you to go ahead and get it. That's pretty cool. You're excited to... Have you seen it? Have you seen the full thing? Do you watch watch them? You do? Yeah, they. I, I do. I. I mean, I. It's cringeworthy. I can't stand it. I was going to ask you that. Do you sit there and you like, like second guess yourself and critique yourself as you're watching it? Oh no! Listen, I hate everything I've ever done. <laughs> I mean, everything, and this is no exception. But in, I can also step out of my own skin.
again and see what a beautiful movie it is and see again that I was a spice in a beautiful, beautiful soup. And I really, I really think it's going to be sort of the positive gut punch we all need. But also, like I said, a chance for people to overcome some things that they might be running away from and the inspiration to do that. I hope it does that. So again, the uh, movie comes out September 1st on Amazon, Amazon Prime. You can probably get the DVD there. You can probably uh, just digitally download it too when it comes out. Yep. Everyday Miracles. Now, um, the other thing too, really quick, uh, where we got you is that in 2021, we're hoping the world rebounds and creative people such as yourself can bring out new projects and new things. You've got some things coming up that aren't uh, movie-related or TV-related or even radio-related. You also sing. You're a musician, like you were talking about earlier, but you got some a uh, couple of new albums possibly coming out? Well, what, I, what happened was in COVID, I started digging through my old hard drive just for no reason, just because you're bored and you're inside and you got to keep yourself sane. And I started digging through and I found something like 62 unreleased demos that I had done over the course of time. And for whatever reason, I just went, nah, people won't like that. I don't want to release that one. Oh, that's too special to me. Oh, I did finish that one. And 62 of them are sitting there. So I'm releasing a double album of uh, unreleased demos. And now I've pulled those all back in and, uh, I don't even have the raw files anymore. All the sessions have been deleted, but I've got the unfinished demos and I'm remastering them, trying to bring them to life. I'm going to do a double album of stuff that uh, nobody's ever heard that I've recorded since, uh, I think 2008. So you got, you got, a, uh, probably a full musical evolution of things that you're going to be, rele- be releasing over the years from the early days until, you know, the latter days, that's probably be some good stuff. And that's probably a good walk down memory lane for you too, musically. It is for me. I mean, my, like I said, my kids are everything to me. So I'm in this phase right now where everything I do, I want to be part of the legacy that I leave for my kids. That's my sole driving force in life right now. And I was too scared to release these demos for whatever reason. And people may hate them, but my kids will be able to go to iTunes 20 years from now and hear what dad was going through and i think that's pretty cool do you like uh writing songs do you get uh, inspiration from pretty much anywhere oh i love writing songs i i didn't work but i tried to work as a nashville songwriter for a little while i played in multiple bands i mean the thing about music is that i can do that by myself that's the one artistic expression um besides graphic design but that's a whole other story <laughs> Uh, that I can do by myself and fully express how I'm feeling and what I'm going through without needing other elements. You can't just sit there and do a monologue in your room by yourself. Uh, I mean, you can, but it's somebody else's words, and it's kind of weird just to sit there and do monologues all day. So picking up a guitar is the way I get all of my frustrations of life out. It must be pretty exciting to see what the future might hold, especially in this day and age where we've kind of been under this lockdown, kind of shut down for 2020, to see that 2021 and even some of these new projects, because like you said, even regardless of what 2021 looks like, these new albums that you have coming out, I know you've got a, a fiction book for young readers you're going to be uh, releasing, an apparel line. Um, so you've, <laughs> you've got a lot of stuff ahead. You're a busy guy. Yeah, I never stop, man. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, the kids' book is really, I, it's a, 
a series of stories that I've told my daughter since she was two years old. And she used to sit her booty right there on the kitchen table and with her feet on my lap, staring right at me. And I tell her these stories and uh, we invented this whole world together and she would change things and she would go, no, 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 make it a rainbow. And then it would become a rainbow. And now we could both draw the map of the land that we're talking about. We both know what the characters look like. It's such a vast world because she's five now. We've had three years to develop this thing out just as father and daughter being silly. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to write this in novel form. So I'm about a fourth of the way through the writing process and it's been really rewarding. I'm hoping to get it out before she gets too old for it. Yeah. She might look back on that if she gets uh, too much older and be like, don't release that. That's embarrassing as (laughs) as kids get right. As they get older, they get in those teen years and everything becomes embarrassing. Well, again, it's all for me about legacy. So, I, you know, it, I don't have to say that she helped me write it. She doesn't get writing credit if she doesn't want it. But I want her to be able to look back and read that to her kids. Absolutely. So that's for me, be it's a... all about creative legacy right now. And that's going to be something that she'll, uh, like you said, especially when she goes on, gets married, has kids, she's going to treasure that greatly. Well, that's if I let her out of the house after she's 18. Well, that's true. Sure. That's, that's a whole other story for another conversation, I bet. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, so where can people find you? Again, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You're on the uh, Heidi and Frank show, the top-rated uh, morning show on KLOS. You've got two new albums coming out in uh, possibly 2021. This book, this apparel line, uh, the movie's coming out. Where can people find you specifically uh, for all the stuff that you're creating? It's just easiest to follow me on Instagram. It's at Eric, E-R-I-K, Scott Smith on Instagram and I actually answer all my DMs and love talking to people on there. So it's just easiest to go to my Instagram and then in the bio, I'll always put the link to the latest thing. Eric Scott Smith, the star of the new movie coming out everyday miracle, September 1st, Amazon, Amazon prime, check it out. Uh, you can go there and pre-order and then, uh, at Instagram at Eric Scott Smith for all the other creative outlets that you're a part of, uh, Eric, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we know you're a busy guy, so we're going to let you go. We appreciate your time. Best of luck in the movie. And you know, maybe uh, down the road we can connect on uh, some of the albums when you get those released and uh, talk about some music. I would love to. Eric Scott Smith, my guest, thank you for listening. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this.